What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Dialogue Tree. My name is Ryan Smith, and I'm joined by my editor and co-host, Jordan Sims. What's up? How's everyone doing today? Hope y'all are doing well. Yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit, I don't know. I just ate, but I feel kind of lightheaded. Not enough calories, man. Who knows? Not a uh, not Big Mac. Double quarter pounder wasn't enough quarter. What? I literally, I literally almost said that double quarter pounder wasn't enough quarter pounder for me. But no, I don't know. There's no shame in admitting that you need two double quarter pounders. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I wouldn't wouldn't just kill over and diet. I, I'm not hungry or anything. I just feel kind of kind of funky. I don't know. Maybe it was some bad meat or something. Maybe. They didn't get our, uh, you know, they didn't get our food right. We had to go back and ask to get it redone. Maybe they gave us bad meat. Who knows? Maybe they had like a secret section in the back of McDonald's. You know, I know when I used to work at Panera Bread, we had, you know, we had just some rancid meat we kept in the back. That we were just even if you didn't order anything with meat on it, we just like, no, I just had this slab of meat on us. But it, you know, would be covered in mold and stuff. They'd never know. They'd they, never know, man. They, they they never know. It looked look like Invader Zim's forehead, but they would never know. Man, that is intense. That is a... You never know. I've learned... If I've learned anything living, don't fuck with people that make your food. If I've learned anything, it's the people that wash your dishes don't do a very good job. Maybe that was just me, though. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you do an okay job of washing dishes. No. No, you did a bad well, job? No, I did a horrible job. I hated... I would come into work, right? Um, and... Literally, completely blanked there. Forgot the ins and outs I, that's, of- I think that's literally my whole job. But I would come into work and I was so frustrated because I would get almost no time. I'd only work a couple days a week, so I wasn't getting paid very much. I wasn't getting paid per hour very much either. I hated the actual job. But yeah, so I wasn't really in the mood to wash dishes, I guess. I de- yeah, I definitely get that. It's one of those things where you're, you're like, you know it's what? It's been years, but I'm still, oh man, no. I- it's it's hard. It's hard. I was a dishwasher. It's just gross. Oh, dude, yeah, it was, it was intense. Washing dishes is disgusting. It's just wet, moldy. No, it's not moldy. It's not actually moldy, but. It's just nasty. And then for some reason I had to like wash the entire back room by myself. Like the rest of the kitchen got like no not an exaggeration, like twelve people. And then they're like, Okay, mop and clean up their entire back room by yourself. Dang. Uh what? Yeah. Why? Sometimes the dishwashers get the short end of the stick. But uh I think they always do a little bit. Today's episode is on the new Netflix new ish. Came out a couple weeks ago. Video game documentary series high score. This is, of course, a video game podcast. We cover topics in and around the medium. You know, this is a new uh, high-profile show on the perhaps highest-profile platform for shows. So, of course, we had to cover it. Um, the show, like I said, came out a couple weeks ago. T- to be specific, it came out, I believe, on August the 19th. Had six episodes. Uh, apparently, it was created by France Costrel. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just get into it. The way I figured, um, we would do this is I've, I literally have the Wikipedia page pulled up here, so I'm going to read a synopsis of it. 
of each episode. Um, we can talk about what we thought about it. And um, I don't know. Maybe let me move my mic a little closer. Maybe if there could be a sequel, et cetera, et cetera, or so on. Also, I wanted to, I guess, shout out. We could actually, before we go into the episodes, we could, I guess, talk about the uh, intro. What did you think about the intro? The uh, It has like a pixel art. I'm trying to see who made the intro as far as the. You're talking about the actual. The actual animation. I don't see. It, all I see is that the, uh, the the theme song was by an Australian band named Power Gloved. Oh, it's narrated by Charles Martinell, the person who voiced Mario. I think I heard that. I forgot though. Yeah, it was a it was a lot to take in. This this covers it's a, it's it's an awesome show for um, I guess people in the industry and also just people that are curious. It definitely taught me a lot of stuff. Uh, and I, I like the intro though. It's uh, reminiscent, but also new and fresh. It kind of blends the the bridge between old and new, and kind of shows you the like the history of video games and stuff like that. In the yeah, it goes from you know it it, it takes inspiration. It doesn't just straight up take, but it's got like coins from the arcade. It has a level that's obviously supposed to look like Sonic. It has some just imagery of games throughout the decades, especially. Like the late seventies, probably through the nineties, which is where the uh, the show takes place. Yeah, and I definitely uh, like that. But go ahead and give them a synopsis of it. What of the whole show? No, sorry, just the the. Well, I mean, I was going to talk a, a little bit more about it, but I guess we can just jump into it. I was going to say some some similar shows. Uh, the toys that made us is kind of similar as a documentary about the uh, toys that made us yeah but it's about it's about the that's literally it that's the show yes that's the show it's the show it's so if you like that you'd probably like this yeah uh, i can't think of anything else is kind of on the same lines of this as i mean any documentary is in similar taste it's it, this one just so happens to be about video games true i guess this is more fun than a and i mean there's some documentaries which by the way don't really the term documentary doesn't really mean a whole lot. I, I think when a lot of people hear documentary, they think, "Oh man, this is this is from an official source." That doesn't necessarily have to be the case, but it does. I get. I guess it feels like it gives it more legitimacy. Yeah, I definitely get that. This doesn't feel like a documentary you'd see in like a museum or anything like that. It. I don't know. I mean, it might. Maybe if the video I mean, documentaries game... can be fun. Well, they yeah. don't all have to be about like. Sub-Saharan African murders or yeah, that's, the Australian bushfires. Yes, that is true. I guess I was just trying to say that this is one of the funner documentaries I've seen. Although it's not, I don't really like watch a whole lot of documentaries. I guess I, I guess I do here and there every once in a while. But yeah, this is definitely a sweet thing for people to enjoy. All right, so we can just roll on into the first episode. The first episode is titled "Boom and Bust." The synopsis reads, covers the early growth of arcade games and home video game consoles in the late 70s and early 90s until the 1983 video game crash. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, early 80s. Like, that doesn't add up. Featured interviews with Tomohiro Nishikato, the creator of Space Invaders, Rebecca Heinemann, winner of the first Space Invaders U.S. National Championship, Doug McRae, Steve Golson, 
and Mike Horowitz of General Computer Corporation that made accelerator boards for arcade games. Toro, I, did I already read that? No. Iwatani, the creator of Pac-Man. Nolan Bushnell, founder of Art, Artari? Atari. <laughs> Karen and Anderson Lawson, the children of Jerry Lawson, who created the use of the game cartridge for the Fairchild Channel F and Howard Scott Warsaw, the developer of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. It, it also, no, it actually started with uh, the guy. He kind of introduced himself. He said something, something like, Hi, I'm Howard Warsaw, and I created the worst video game of all time. Yeah, just straight up owned it, and we kind of got to see you know the behind the scenes of him making this game, and he had not much time at all. It is insane. Five no, uh, by the way, I guess... Spoilers for this. It's of course it is a documentary, so it's history. But um, I guess if you don't want to know literally anything, probably wait until um you have to watch the show to listen to this episode about the show. But yeah, I really enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed all of the show, but I thought this was a good introduction to the. Uh, I, I think this was a good place to start. This is when video games, of course, kind of started to, to become popular with things like um. Space Invaders, and of course it goes all the way up to some of the worst video games, or one of the worst video games ever made by you know, all accounts in E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, I definitely liked seeing how the creators of both Pac-Man and Space Invaders got, like, literally just came up with the ideas, and just kind of the behind the scenes of that, that was pretty interesting, and it was really it's cool. It's interesting to see how they're inspired. Apparently, the the things from the aliens in Space Invaders are heavily inspired by marine life, especially octopus. Yeah, octopi. and Pac-Man was inspired... By like, pizza. Yeah. I think but, everyone knew that. Yeah. And of course, everyone knows he used to be called Puckman, I think. But then there was uh, some word in America that that sounded like that they decided... They would rather avoid. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely understand that one. Uh, but it's really cool to see just how games have developed over the years, and it, it didn't even touch on like the 20th century at all, really. In this, this 21st thing. Thank, century. Thank you. Yes, the 21st century in this uh, at all, but it was definitely. But hold on, just wouldn't think they made video games in the 1800s. They didn't focus on the 19th century at all. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was really cool to just see how it all, you know, it started small and then it just slowly snowballed. I didn't realize actually how, cause they were talking about how it got to the billions of dollars in the eighties. I think I, I was surprised. Of course, video games is the biggest entertainment medium on the planet right now. It's more valuable than like all in all, if you add everything together, mobile PC, you know, uh, Cons- merchandise, yeah. etc. It's bigger than I think several of the the next like music, TV, all that combined, which is kind of insane. But I didn't realize that it was uh it'd been making that much money for, and of course, billions of dollars is nothing compared to what it makes today. Oh yeah, but not, still, yeah, it was really cool to see that they were making that amount of money in that time frame, and it's you know you got you get to see the background. Uh, I guess notes and inside the brains of these creators. I like seeing some of the sketches. Yeah, that was really sweet. I liked uh, seeing that and how they kind of just came to be and the almost the battles between 
each other. You know, like, okay, well, this... Oh, co- yeah, they definitely had that, especially in some of the later episodes they talked about the console wars. Oh, yeah, it was it was really cool, because I knew some of this here and there, but it really filled in the gaps and added a lot of juicy information to things I already really love and enjoy, because I love Space Invader, I love Pac-Man, I really enjoy those games, and just to see how... They I've played a lot of Space Invader. I've played a decent amount of Pac-Man, and I've got Pac-Man... I've got some version on my phone, but I haven't played a lot of Space Invaders, except for maybe a few times in a bowling alley. Yeah, there's there's a couple things that I wouldn't mind having later in life, and I wouldn't mind having a Space Invaders cabinet. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be... It's super enjoyable, and I kind of... I definitely get how Heineman was talking about, you know, you kind of get into a rhythm. That's the winner of the first Space Invaders... Tournament. Yeah, I was, I was going to talk about that. Didn't know that was a thing. Had no earthly clue. I mean, I would have if you would have asked me. I would probably would have said yeah, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about it. I like how they kind of touch on the, um, I guess, almost first esports events. They talk about the uh, Space Invader one. They talk about, of course, everyone knows about the Nintendo World Championships, and then they talk about like the kind of the introduction from the uh, especially Street Fighter side of the fighting game um, tournaments. Oh yeah, it's really sweet to see how far just you know games have come and competitions and everything and whoever edited all this did a phenomenal job i really like how they pieced everything together they kind of went back and forth from story to story and yeah that was that was nice uh, i like i like how they have some of the uh, especially in some of the later episodes they have the uh some of the characters from the video game like superimposed into the real real world world. yeah and it was really cool because you could kind of tell uh you know with this being Netflix and us being in a binge culture, you kind of just roll through binging stuff, but you could kind of tell when it, the episode would get to like towards the end, some music would kind of fade in and it would kind of just start kind of winding down, but also hyping you up for the next episode. And it was really cool how they kind of melded that all together and just let you kind of roll through this documentary. Like it gave you a, a, a pausing point to be like, okay, cool. We're done with that episode. Yeah. We watched this in a couple uh Afternoons, probably two, three days. Yeah, about that. And it was it was a good point where you you know some shows are like, all right, we're gonna end at this really weird spot, and you're like, well, okay, that's a weird spot to end. But this really kind of wrapped up everything with a bow, and was just kind of like, okay, here you go. You can either stop or you can you could tell. I, mean, I think it was pretty obvious they wanted you to watch all of it. Yes. in one sitting. Yeah, or maybe not one sitting, but in a short amount of time. Oh yeah, just so you could retain all the information because it it calls back to different things and tells you different information here and there about that. But of course, all that stuff with uh, E.T. and Atari with them, I like how they talked about how um, they were putting out, because it wasn't just E.T. There were a bunch of low-quality games that and uh, no one liked, and people kind of stopped taking video games seriously. And uh, that kind of leads up to the next episode, episode 2, t- titled Comeback Kid, which co- covers the introduction of Nintendo and which kind of saved the video game market. Of course, most people who are listening to this probably know that you know, around 1983 with uh, people... Of course, Donkey Kong was a game. And um, in, in Japan, it was popular. But, you know, everyone was thinking in America, people didn't really think video games were sustainable. Yeah, so they kind of... They kind of took a big risk. Yeah, releasing it to America and everything. I, I thought it was really interesting that they the cabinet that they shipped was actually a Space Invaders like, I guess would be the correct. It was very similar to Space Invaders. Yeah. When Nintendo shipped the cabinets 
to America in the early 80s. Yeah, and they just sat there until, you know, they... Because no one really wanted to play Space Invaders anymore. Yeah, I guess they were. Or if they, they were, if they were going to play Space Invaders, they just play. Space they just invaders. play Space Invaders. Yeah, they tested it out on a couple of people, and they were saying, you know, we don't want to play this. This isn't. And Nintendo's like, all right, keep them loaded up, and they actually used the same cabinets. They just, you know, put new skins on them and slapped the new board inside, and it was Donkey Kong, which was kind of insane, and people loved it. Well, yeah, of course they did. Everyone, and that's I guess they kind of say. And the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and that led them into doing their first Nintendo World Championship. Yeah, the uh, guy talked about that was interesting. He talks about, and we don't want to spoil everything because there's a lot of little details that we're not going to talk about because you sh- I think you should watch the show. But it talks about this this kid who I can't remember where he was from. He was from some like Utah or something, and he his parents took him to like California. And he didn't do that well. He ended up placing, he didn't win. And then, but there was like one more competition that he could go to, to uh, qualify. And he went through all this stuff and his parents, it was really interesting to see how supportive his parents were because they drove him thousands of miles. And of course, you know, he ends up winning the whole thing. Got, it's really interesting to see because he wasn't really the biggest fan of Tetris. He liked Mario or something. I can't remember. Yeah. He but liked- he ended up getting obsessed with Tetris. Yeah, now he's he's just really good at Tetris. He was talking about how, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but he was saying how he would dream and daydream of Tetris sequences and putting the pieces together and just kind of to see, you know, as he was training and getting better at Tetris, he would it would literally just kind of not overwhelm, but just kind of flood his mind and just he could see the sequences and stuff and just how much time he dedicated to Tetris. But it was the most interesting thing um, I think about this episode. I think it was in this episode um, was the when they talked about Nintendo Power. Was that this episode? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the 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 video game counselors, which I didn't ever, you know, obviously I wouldn't. Oh remember. yeah, I actually completely I forgot about those. Yeah, that stuck with me because nowadays you'll be like, okay, let me YouTube how to you know find the path or whatever. Or even in you know early in my video game playing times, you'd get the. Uh, you know, the magazines or the game guides or whatever, but back in the day. Of course, I mean, you you could even at least try to use the... Uh, the game guide? The game manual. Yeah, the ga- yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, that too. And But back before that, they had, it was a, what did they call them, Nintendo counselors? I think they called them like game counselors or something. Yeah, and they would call on the phone. Their job was to play the games and know where all the, the hearts were, where all the, you know, power-ups were and all this. And you'd call them and be on the phone with them and be like, They'd be like, okay, little Timmy, what, what part of the game you're stuck on? And they'd tell them, and sometimes they were really descriptive, and sometimes they'd be like, gray walls. It's like, all, yeah, the, the, all the walls are gray. All the something. walls are gray, or whatever. And that, that was really cool to see the kind of the behind the scenes of <laughs> that's how Nintendo did it. And that's how Nintendo, you know, aside from making awesome games and doing really well with sales, that's kind of how they really planted their feet concretely in America. They with. talked about how they wanted to, uh, Basically, get them through the games. That way, they could buy the next one. Yeah, and I was like, well, that makes sense. That you know, that's why I have the all right, beat the game, go to the next one mindset now. Of you know that I, I just, think they always. I don't think Nintendo like created that mindset no, or anything. I I just think that they capitalized on it. That's definitely true. Uh, and it was. It's funny now that it was. It's kind of funny to see the difference between. Back then and now, because you had the the cool guys like, 
I'm a, you'll see in later episodes and stuff, they'll be like, I'm a Sega ambassador and different stuff. Or like, I'm a Nintendo game rep or whatever. And I think now, that's this episode. Is that the same episode? This is the one where they talk about the game counselors. Yeah. And so that one, and you kind of. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot yeah. the Sega thing. Yeah. 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 And it, it's kind of crazy to see that, you know, that they're considered, you know, like celebrities. I'm putting celebrities in air quotes, but. I don't think they were considered celebrities well, by anybody. It was considered like cool. You know? Okay, yeah. It was considered cool, I'm sure. And that's the same thing as like... By all the the 12-year-olds calling you up. Yeah, and I I was going to kind of compare that to, you know, nowadays people think like, oh, like you're Ninja or you're so-and-so. It's it's like considered cool to play video games, you know, now. And it was cool to, you know, work at Nintendo back then. But all in all... (laughs) But all in all, it definitely is really cool to see... um, What's her name? Uh, I think she's in here. The uh, Gail Tendon, I think that's her. Yeah, she's the uh, Nintendo marketing director, and they called her the Dragon Lady. And it was kind of cool to see the background of how Nintendo Power came to be. Yeah, Nintendo Power. It has. Um, it's very closely related, I'd say, to the to the game counselors because they even had a section for the game counselors in the in the magazine. It was really interesting how um, they incorporated that, and then they, of course. They that the first image of a uh, Mario in 3D was on the cover of a uh, Nintendo Power. I forgot about that. Yeah, that looks sweet. I don't think I've maybe I'd seen it once before or something, but to see it again really reminded me of you know how awesome it is to see Mario like that. I like how she was very insistent as to what she wanted because she was uh she had she was in Japan talking to people that knew the Japanese market, but they didn't know the Western market like she did because. Course she'd grown up in the Western market and she had worked in the Western market and uh, she got away on a lot of things. Apparently some people quit, but I think clearly, you know, they had a popular magazine. So what she was doing was right. Yeah. And it was really cool to see the, her telling the story of, you know, this is how we did it. You know, this is why we did it. People, you know, <laughs> people did not have nice things to say about me because I wanted it how I wanted it. And that's how I was going to do it. Did you uh, have Nintendo power as a kid? I I think maybe I got an issue or two at the grocery store or something, but I don't think I subscribed to it. No. My uh, I think one of my brothers was subscribed to it, so we got it for at least a few years. Okay, nice. It's that's, a podcast now, apparently. Really? Yep. Hmm, that's cool. It's I do love uh, I love those issues. You I mean, know? that was before. I'm sure that must have been before even Game Informer, oh, which yeah, I most, think was oh, in the yeah. early '90s. Most definitely. Uh, it, it was really sweet, though. It was one of those things that I wouldn't mind having a collection of like cool, really cool looking covers of those. Yeah, that would be uh, that could be interesting. Just a display or something like that, because those definitely seem. It's funny she made a joke of, uh, you know, any of you people that are selling these on eBay, don't try to sell this one because everybody has it. Uh, cause, yeah, because we rented so many of it and stuff. And uh, like I was talking about earlier, they in a lot of the scenes. You definitely just need to watch this because it's awesome. If you like video games, if you don't like video games, uh, but they, a lot of the scenes with her, I, they implemented, you know, like Mario blocks or Mario. Inter- yeah, that's what I was talking about yeah. with the, with how they, they put the characters in the, in real, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely really sweet. Um, I guess just the only last thing about this episode. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to talk about how I think it's really interesting that. Universal, they held the Nintendo World Championship in Universal Studios, like the uh, the theme park. Yeah. But Universal actually sues Nintendo for copyright infringement over Donkey Kong because they own the 
the rights to uh, King Kong. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to talk about that and how they. it is interesting to see that Universal is going after uh, Nintendo over just, you know, Kong and old. I didn't I actually I did not know this next bit. At all, I did not know that with uh, Kirby. Yeah, the I guy that, yeah, I, I knew they they had named Kirby after somebody. I didn't know who, but the the lawyer who uh, represents Nintendo uh, in the in that case actually ended up. Uh, they named Kirby after his name was Kirby. Yeah, his name was John Kirby. Uh, rest in peace. He died. Yeah, he died last year. Yeah, twenty nineteen, and they uh, dedicated that episode to Kirby, uh, and that was really cool. How they. Um, it, they interview him and he's telling all the back and forth and they were he, he's basically was like Universal doesn't have a leg to stand on there's nothing like they're just doing it they're just suing to sue because they know Nintendo is at the time a small company and you know maybe they couldn't really battle it but they <laughs> took him to court and they battled it and they won yeah I think I think that's a really interesting uh, part of the episode um it kind of rolls into the next episode titled Role Players this was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Really? Uh, this one and yeah, I just like how they I like how they told the story cuz each each episode like yes, it's a documentary and yes, there's a formula of how they tell the story, but each episode isn't, you know, we're going to start with the dang it, I hit my computer again. Oh well. Uh we're not going to start with this and end with this. They kind of just open up the episodes completely different. Uh so it's a new experience each time. This one is going to be obviously covering you know, being called role players, it's covering action games, role playing games, and action games. It doesn't. They don't talk about action games. Sorry, they're, they're they just talk about role playing games. Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, in, the inception of role playing games. From um, they talk about both console and and PC. I thought it was really interesting seeing how basic these games used to be, and how advanced they are now with games like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Dragon Quest Eleven, etc. Oh yeah, it's definitely crazy to see how they, uh, how far they've come. Especially with. like that game Mystery House. Yeah, that was interesting. That was definitely which is one of the I guess first story games that has gra- had graphics at all. Yeah, they used lines to do it, which was kind of really cool to see. Um, and they they go through and talk about a lot of interesting stuff in this episode. The whole thing, really, the whole series. Uh, but it was really cool to see where role playing games, you know, were and where they are now. They also talk about D and D. That's Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like this table's extra close to me, but I'm okay with it. I'll pull it. Close. I don't. I don't give a heck. Don't give a heck about nothing. They talk about Dungeons and Dragons and how that had a heavy influence. On RPGs, they also talked to the, uh, I guess, one of the lead artists for the Final Fantasy series. It was really cool. And they have a uh, a running, um, one of the running things in this episode is they talk about a, an RPG called Gayblade. They kind of follow the saga of this guy making his own game in the late 90s and then losing it. It's really interesting. Um, you want to know something interesting? Of course, he tries to get it back. Yo. Uh, about... Gayblade, so super no. spoilers. No, it somebody they found it and it's on archive.com now. Kid, what? spoilers. The whole this whole episode's a spoiler. No, not that. That's the most important thing of the damn it. Oh, now wow. they're not gonna come back. 
We hold the secrets to the kingdom. And Netflix's shows. I still feel a little loopy. I can tell. We did an episode about Bird Box back in the day. Oh, gosh. Why do we do that? Yeah. Um, moving on. That's, that's, <laughs> moving on to This is War. Of course, this episode just covers, or doesn't just cover, one of the big things it covers is Sega's entry into the market with Sonic. So, special fact about me. Special fact time. Hot take. Didn't know there was a man. Didn't know Sonic was a game. I thought it was a fast food chain of restaurants. Definitely not true. I'm sure there's somebody out there that only knows Sonic as the G Fuel flavor. But anyway, what I was going to say is I didn't know John Madden was a real person. How did you not know John? Okay, we're going to skip to that. They also talk about... Actually, I guess that's kind of because... Madden was... That's my new thing. Madden was big on the uh, on the Sega consoles, so you're just the biggest nerd on the planet, aren't you? No. I did not know John Madden was a real person. I don't know. I thought they just came up with the word Madden. Hold on, let me think. Okay, we're gonna make a skateboarding game. Robbie Falcon. Robbie Falcon's good at skateboarding underground. Yep, that that'll do it. Know that uh, professional golfing association video game? Yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods. It's a real person too. I, I know about Tiger. I know, I know what he about did. Tiger. I know, I know about Tiger. I know what he did. I know he constantly cheated on his wife for like a decade. Most men cheat on their wives. <laughs> what? Oh man, this is some dark. <laughs> this is some dark, dark, dark shit. We're getting into. Let's uh, let's just glide glide right past that. Let's just let's just let's, let's not, just let's, let's just keep on moving, ladies not, and gentlemen. Let's, let's not, uh not dwell on the past. Let's not start a fight. Start a fight. That's the next title of the episode. Is fight. We're not done with this one. We just all we just said. This is war covers Sega. I don't know who John Madden is. You're not wrong. I still, I, after this episode, obviously. He was a coach of the Oakland Ra- They literally talked about it in the episode. He was a coach of the Oakland Raiders. I think he won at least one Super Bowl. And then he became went on to become a really big name in the game, especially through color commentary. I will say what they did back in the day for Madden. You really don't know anything about sports. No. Like, you know... Like things that people who don't who can't name all fifty states know. <laughs> oh, people man. who get like they're like, you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I know who John Madden is. When I'm an I'm an idiot. Yep. So <laughs> you took <laughs> you did not think that was funny at all. <laughs> yep, I get it. <laughs> I bet you don't know all the animes. <laughs> oh man, okay. Well, you, you okay? I, I'm good. I'm good. Just laughing from crying, or laughing because I'm crying. Is that the same thing I just said? Anyway, this I bet uh, you hadn't seen all 
episodes of Bible Black. Don't don't look that up. Now they're going to look it up, and they the Black Bible. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You have a friend who's way too into that. Yes, he is. So according to him, though, it's got a pretty good plot. So, uh, yeah, it's just supposed to be about a beautiful Netflix documentary show. The, so, Nato Oshashima, he's in this. He's the. <laughs> He's the character artist for Sonic. I I really did enjoy the art behind the scenes portion of this. Yeah, doc. It, was really, it was interesting to see how it all started once again. That which is of course a theme of this whole show. Yeah, I liked how uh, you know he took him. He he drew three characters and then took them to uh, some park or whatever. I was like, yo, hey kids, you want some candy? Which I honest, I didn't. When they were building up to that, I really thought they were just gonna take a hedgehog to the park and be like yo you like this y'all like this hedgehog you want to play a game with this in it but they took you a draw. play a game with the hedgehog holy shit the next saw movie the villain's gonna be a hedgehog it's gonna be the original sonic i'd watch that but yeah they uh you know pretty much did a, a survey of you know who do you like better this man eggman this hedgehog you sonic like this man or you like my hedgehog boy <laughs> the hedgehog, sir. Come meet me behind this tree. Oh, I got some drawings I want to show you. <laughs> I bet that's that's exactly how it went down. Can you imagine that today? Strange Japanese man calls your kid over to the park. Has got to show you something secret. Don't don't show your parents. Yeah, that'd be that'd be real weird, especially since a lot of these people. <laughs> no, not because he's Japanese, Jordan. Not where I was going with that, but I mean, <laughs> de- I'm sure it depends. But uh, basically, how a lot of these uh, in earlier episodes, they were talking about how you know they were making deals and doing people in general were making deals and doing stuff, and they, they weren't doing NDAs or <laughs> anything like that. And so it was just you know kind of wheeling and dealing, winding and no, grinding. I, I don't know how well. In India with a 15 year old yeah, who just smoked his first cigarette is going to go down. Is that where the kids smoke cigarettes at the park? Yeah, in the park behind the tree. You don't know? No. I, you never got invited? <laughs> no. Have you met me? Of course. By the 35 year old Japanese man? No, I never got you. Have he, you? He shows you pictures and. Whoa. You've got your weird divorce thing and I've got my Asian businessman thing. It's both normal. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, after this, I thoroughly knew who John who Madden John was. John Madden is was he's living, right? Yes. You had to think about it. I'm fairly certain he's he's old as hell. His lifestyle. As long of, as Brett Favre is alive, John Madden will be alive. Are their lives? That's <laughs> if you if you're a big football nerd, you'll okay. you'll you'll think that's funny. Okay. Please, please think that's funny. Um. I also thought it was interesting to see how Sega's strategy was to take down Nintendo. Of course, I already knew about Nintendo, but it was interesting to see more about the guy The guy who uh, kind of came up with the strategies from everything from, I don't want to spoil all of them, I guess, but from making Nintendo look lame to sports games like Madden. It was really interesting. I, I uh, think this is the guy, he had uh, some other strategies, and, and then later Sega didn't listen to him. Which is one of the reasons that Sega didn't do quite as well as Nintendo. 
Yeah, we'll let y'all <laughs> see. Spoilers. Yeah, ex- exactly. Anybody that's just like, oh man, what? Sega around. How come Sega? Where's my Genesis 360? You ever have a Genesis? No. Me neither. I wasn't a nerd. You're right. I had a, I had a N64 like all the cool kids. Hell yeah. I, I want to get one of those. N64? You've got, got one right there. I want my own. In the living room. I want my own. What do you mean? Oh, well, they're not expensive. I know. They look cool. I like them. I uh, got the see-through black one like all the cool kids did. Nice. It does look pretty spicy. It's epic. It's epic. Oh, it's epic. It's epic. It was an epic gamer moment. That's when that is true. My mom bought it for me. That's a good, that's a good parent right there. That was the V Bucks back in the day. Ain't that's that right. the ain't that, that was, the truth? No, 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 mom. I don't want this. I don't want this plain Nintendo sixty four. No, no, no. I don't want five hundred V Bucks, mom, bitch. I I want. I want the see-through granite V Bucks. Yeah, and you hand with the controller that does the Fortnite dances. You hand her the little slip of paper, and she takes it up to the counter, and that's how you get your electronics back in the day. I'm trying to think what you're t- what are you talking about? Toys R Us. They wouldn't actually have boxes. Oh, that crap! Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's because people. Uh, yeah, nowadays. What the hell just- were we talking about? Sega and oh right Madden right right and, right and all that and everything, yeah. It was interesting. Um, of course, everyone they, people still talk about the console wars, but it definitely is not as intense as it was back in the day. No, not. I at mean, all. I was very very young for. I don't even know if I was alive, but yeah, for for a lot of this. What, what was the last thing I was talking about? You were talking about how you don't know if you were alive in 1994 oh, right, right, right. or not. So just complete hard cut. I thought it was really interesting how Madden actually had some input on the games. He talked about how he wanted... They did not interview John Madden, by the way. That's one of the things that I thought was... Uh, I'm not really that surprised, but I would have actually liked to see them get some of the big names. Like they would be like... Talking about Miyamoto. Okay, are they going to get Miyamoto? No. They don't no. get Miyamoto. They don't get John Madden. They don't get uh, not that Jordan, Jordan would be like, yo, who is this? Who's this? Who's this guy? Who's this old white dude? I I don't know. It must be Miyamoto. That's right. The secret He's is about out. to show you his football drawings. That's right. <laughs> it's just soccer. But yeah, that's like one of the only complaints I have with it, which really isn't a complaint. It's just I would have liked to seen more. But he talks. Um, well, the guy who was talking about working with Madden was saying, "No, it, he he only wanted to have six. I think seven v seven, but Madden was like, "No, we have to do it eleven v eleven. Otherwise, it's not real football." I thought it was a uh, very interesting, and the game actually looks like it probably holds up decently considering how old it is. Yeah, it was funny. The guy, the guy, considering that Tech Mobile, I think, was probably one of the only other things before this. Yeah, it was really cool because <laughs> the guy goes. Yeah, we can do it. And then he's like, I told him we could do it. And then we had to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I thought that was super. It was almost like the E.T. thing, except they actually came through. Yeah. it. Not, I mean, they had, a, they had. I think they had years. I think he said it turned like a year project into a multiple year project. Yeah. And with E.T., I think he had five, five weeks. weeks. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we can do it. 
And, you know, Spielberg gave him the green light, and the rest is history. That trash can of a game. I would play it, though. If I had what a game? E.T. Trash can I mean, I'd game. I'd play it. I'd, I'd play it. If I if I could today, I'd play it. You could easily play it. I'm sure get an emulator, baby. Oh, you're right. No, you're not going to give anybody money for E.T. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Where's that remake, Atari? Where's it? Wait, where's Atari? That's a good point. They're busy opening up hotels and failing, probably. Expected with COVID now. Making appearances in Blade Runner movies. Yes, that is true. I'd I'd try a this generation Atari console if they came out. They're making. They're coming out with a. I don't know if it's a twenty six hundred. They're coming out with a something like a classic console. I think it's like four or five hundred dollars though. Yeah, fuck that. I could buy a PS5 or I could buy an Atari 2600. Yeah, I retract that comment. I'm never mind. Not not interested yeah, anymore. You just know? steal them. Just shoot just yeah. just steal the games now before they can actually legally buy them, so your conscience is clear. My what? Don't worry about it. Okay, let's just move on to the next the next episode titled "Fight." As you may guess, this covers fighting games. Or as they call it, they call them several times in the episode, fight games. Really off-putting. I don't know. I don't even play fighting games. And I really didn't like them calling Street Fighter fight a fight game. Fight game. Yeah, they they go through and, you know, obviously they start talking about um, esports. and They do talk about esports some. I liked this episode. It definitely... This is the only episode you liked? Yep. Only one. I didn't like any of the others. I... <laughs> You know, I, I looked at the looked at the catalog, and I knew this was in there, so I figured I could trudge through the rest of them just to <laughs> just to watch episode five. Okay, you know? that like, makes sense. Like fast forwarding, it doesn't matter anyway. So, yeah, this is pretty sweet. I liked having a little insight. Uh, I, I liked actually. I don't want to talk about that because I want people to enjoy it. It's always themselves. Uh, it's always interesting seeing how different Street Fighter the original is from two and. All the subsequent ten thousand sequels. Oh yeah, that's insane. I spinoffs, etc. I honestly did not know there was that much of a difference between. Yeah, one I, I've and seen two. it, but I always forget. It's it's night and day. I didn't know that there were only Ryu and Ken. Apparently, were the only two playable characters in Street Fighter One. Yeah the the evolution from Street Fighter One to Street Fighter Two, insane. Like wow, it was really, really a monumental task they did. Um, and obviously, you know, they showed us the behind the scenes of all that and kind of how they came up with the ideas and such. And it Talk was about how they exaggerated a lot of the features of the people from different countries. Well, they, yeah, they were. I really liked how they were talking about how uh, and it, you can definitely see that in fighting games now where they wanted everybody to have someone to play, you know. So, it was, oh, right. Yeah. Um, and I like how uh, what is it? The. Uh, the background of Johnny Cage. I didn't. I didn't know that about. Him. Oh yeah, I didn't know that he was uh, inspired by uh, John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I didn't know that when I was like, well, that makes sense <laughs> because I play Johnny Cage here and there. Well, you, and, uh, I mean, you've seen Bloodsport, right? Mm-mm. I mean, no. I assumed since you had that Van Damme shirt, you'd seen his movies. No, that's actually from Sense Eight, the Netflix. Wow, that show is, I can't a, hang, I, I cannot describe. So hang the on, disappointment. Hang on, the character in that show likes Van Damme. It doesn't. I, I I know you don't care anymore. It doesn't. I can't describe the amount of disappointment that is flowing. I don't even care that much for Jean Claude Van Damme. 
But I, yeah, I just okay. I can't. They also talk about. He says they also talk, talk about they they also talk about the ESRB. Of course, everyone knows about the congressional hearings, but they do go more in detail than a lot of people probably know about. So that's still keeps it interesting and fresh. One thing that they kind of hint on about, but they don't really go that far in depth in, is in Night Trap, which is one of the games that they show uh, in the congressional hearings as evidence that video games are violent or whatever. Um, they talk about how oh you're 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 like a bad person doing this stuff, but in the game and they uh, hint at that's not really what's going on in the game. But what they don't do, they don't talk about is you're actually trying to stop the bad guys and. They kind of show it in the opposite light in the congressional hearing, which of course isn't good and shows a lack of actual investigation. Yeah, they and maybe that's the way they wanted to play it off. As who knows? Maybe I mean um, I I think I do think that the ESRB is a good thing. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I honestly so <laughs> Ryan was like, "You can get Night Trap on Switch," and I was like, "No, you're trolling me. That's not true." And then like thirty seconds later in the episode, they they uh say that you can and i was like well okay you're correct i i see that and it does it, it it's kind of cool another interesting anecdote anecdote that they don't talk about so night trap i believe was a genesis exclusive or is a sega exclusive i think and nintendo was kind of leaning into all this stuff being like yeah in mortal Kombat, we took the, took out the blood and you can't you can't get night trap on on nintendo because we're family friendly I think someone uh, that worked at Nintendo said, like, I'll eat my hat or something along those lines if Night Trap ever comes to a Nintendo console. And then, of course, 25 years later or whatever, it, it comes to Switch. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all in all, it was really cool to kind of see the birth of the ESRB. And now it's just part of everyday. See, they don't really show. They just kind of talk about it. I would like to see more about that. I'd watch that. About uh, how the more in-depth... I guess maybe it's not interesting at all, but it, I would like to see a little more in depth about that. I mean, I could probably watch a whole season about the congressional hearings if they made it interesting enough. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, that was the bread and butter of, you know, hey, mom, I want this game. I look down at the bottom left corner. Mm-mm, sorry, you're not, you're not T. You're E. You're not T. Sorry. You can't, you can't play this. And heaven forbid trying to ask mama for a, M game, no sir, no siree. He's not playing one of those. I probably didn't play I think any- the first M rated game I played. I played. I mean, I played some Mortal Kombat here and there. You know, probably in the late nineties. Or maybe I just watched some people play. I watched a lot of Turok on the N sixty four. I didn't play a whole lot, but I watched it. The first one that I actually put a lot of time into was probably like Halo or something. Nice. I do like a good Halo. It is oh man, good. I love Halo. And nowadays, it definitely seems that every good game is rated M. Yes, that is it's not entirely true, but that's what this. I mean, there's so many games you can't really. If you're, I don't even want to say this. If you consider yourself a gamer, of course you have to play rated M games. I mean, and, and those games would be considered tame. Night Trap and 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 Mortal Kombat and and Doom. Have you seen Doom 2016? Have you seen the executions in Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, it's insane. Like, they would die. They would have a stroke in the middle of the courtroom. If they saw, Yeah, if they saw what video games are now, like, it, yeah, it's insane. 
or you know some of the finishers in like Friday the Thirteenth or just different the finishers stuff. in Friday. Not the- finishers is the wrong word, but I guess like killing blows. Friday the Thirteenth. The the like Dead by Daylight style game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just yeah. some of the killings. I don't think no no. Is, is that, do you not kill? You like right? fall down like a board when you die in that game, I, or you punch them. There's not. Am I putting I, things in that game that aren't I there? I think you're putting things in the game. Okay. Are you talking about? About the game where you team up and fight Jason. Yeah, I guess I. There's not really much gore in that game at all. Good thing I haven't. Have you just assumed? Yeah, maybe I just added gore to it when I was watching people play it. I don't think there's really a whole lot of. Maybe I haven't seen people play that game in like three years, but I don't think there's a whole lot. Because it's not a graphical powerhouse, so it it can be that bad. Okay, I guess that's true. But yeah, they definitely would die if they saw some of the finishers and fatalities. Yeah, they would, they would definitely lose their minds. It was, yeah, it's insane. And then moving on into the last episode, and then we can talk about, um, I guess, other things that they could do in the future. It's titled Level Up, and this covers the uh, transition from 2D to 3D in both computers and consoles. Of course, we still have 2D, but this is a major shift. It also talks about uh, id with Doom. They... Interviewed John Romero, who was one of the creators of Doom. That was cool. Uh, they sold a lot of copies of of Doom. Uh, that other dude whose name I can't think of right now, who also helped make Doom. Uh, I think he had an interview with Joe Rogan. That was cool because uh, they talked about him figuring out how basically to do multiplayer over online and stuff. That was cool. And Star Fox was a Nintendo game. That was cool. Uh, They talked about what might be the first video game, Space War. That was that was cool. And that has been... Um, wait, hold on. Okay. okay. I thought it was really cool, though. <laughs> Seriously. And that was the... That was <laughs> no, cool um, it was interesting. Section. Seeing, <laughs> seeing how they adapted like a mod, mods and stuff from a Game uh, Game Boy, and then eventually... It's really interesting. I don't want to spoil how they end up making Star Fox. Um, we didn't talk about how... Um, in one of the other episodes, this is not in this episode at all, uh, the guys who modded Pac-Man to become Miss Pac-Man, and they were making all that money with uh, mods mods and stuff in college. That was really cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. I think that's in the first episode. It's in one of the first. One of the, yeah. one of the first couple. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, yeah, I do think it. the Star Wars thing was interesting. They talked about how uh, Miyamoto had a really big hand in it and how he wanted the characters designed this way. How he was really in charge of how to trying to make the 3D first person perspective um, work on a console and in this certain way. How he was inspired by certain things. I thought that was really interesting. And they talked about how he would come in the break room and smoke. And that that was uh, a I mean that's just funny. Yeah, yeah. it's just funny thinking of like a young Miyamoto smoking, talking about anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, most definitely. And then you realize that Disney and Nintendo created furries, and you really just 
You get sad. You get sad. And um, what would you want to see in a sequel? The Starbucks. Yeah. I think they already came out with that for the Switch. What would you want to see I in a Star you Fox? Could play Star Fox Two on the Switch. Okay, I well, think. Can, wait, can you? I don't think so. You got no. I um. I think that would be really interesting. So they go up to like the mid nineties or so. So I mean, I would just I would like to see them just kind of continue. I would love for them to see the introduction of PlayStation. Of you know, with Sony, how Nintendo kind of created that rivalry. How they kind of created one of their biggest competitors. Um, that would be really interesting. Of course, you know, a few years later with the introduction of Xbox, I would like to see them talk about esports more. How the games like GoldenEye, Halo, CS:GO really push that uh, forward in a big way. You know, things like YouTube, Twitch, and then just continue. You know, for the next like, see, I think that they could do a couple of seasons, and you know for the next season maybe don't don't go as far as you, maybe maybe go up until like the very beginnings the, of youtube yeah the bubble of when people could watch let's plays and yeah you know like that bubble yeah that, that'd be a good chunk of history to cover i'd like that um if you if y'all like this check out the god of war documentary on youtube it's uh i think it's on oh yeah if you, and also just if you like video game documentaries I also re- really recommend no clip they do really, really good work. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd like to see. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind some more, like, uh, like deeper behind the scenes stuff. Just stuff that we wouldn't normally see. You know, people that are deep in the credits or whatever. Uh, you know, like maybe some of the sound design team or how they. I want to see Miyamoto. That too. That'd be <laughs> cool. Be like, hey man, I know you don't ever do interviews. I would also really like to see. Uh, Reggie, the uh, Reggie Fisman introduction of I mean everyone everyone wants to see Reggie, yeah, but I would love to see in a season maybe the, maybe after another season or two from Soft I would like to see the introduction of Demon Souls and I would like to see them interview um, Miyazaki I think that would be awesome that'd be that'd be cool I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of those games but I can appreciate his work. Um, it, it, there's a there's Kojima so, obviously everyone would love to see Kojima those are just but I, I think it would be cool if they could get some bigger names but yeah of course I would also like to see them continue to get the lesser known people as well yeah definitely both sides of the coin Any, anything in this industry is, is interesting because there's so many people that you know do stuff and they don't you know they put out something and then you play it and you don't ever see another game from them or I would like to oh, sorry uh, the indie scene as well I'd like to see them cover a lot of like the the explosion of the of the of the indie scene as well. Oh yeah, with humble bundle and all that, and now you know you can switch. You can carry around an indie box in your pocket, pretty much. Yeah, it's awesome. They got tons of stuff to cover, and we will more than likely cover a sequel if they decide to do one in the yeah, future. I definitely recommend this if you like video games, obviously, but also even if you just like technology, I think it's interesting because they talk about. A lot of technology, how graphics uh, evolved, how they um, they they talk a little bit about the internet and all that. I think that's really interesting from that perspective as well. Oh yeah, most definitely. I I loved this. It was uh, definitely much more enjoyable than I assumed it was going in. Uh, I definitely liked it, you know, more at the end than I did the uh, the start. It definitely left you wanting more. I think the last episode was probably my favorite. It was good, yeah. I, I liked 
seeing how they, you know, 3D games, FPSs, different stuff like that. Uh, that's going to be the show, though. Yeah, I reckon so. Okay, well, you can find us on Twitter at One Way Podcast. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Divisions. You can find me on Twitter at Aswaylock. You can find all the links and everything else I'm about to say in the description or show notes. We'd appreciate it if you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if you could, it would be greatly Apple appreciated. Apple Podcasts. Yes, baby, that's what I you was You can subscribe say. on Apple Podcasts, and you can also review on Apple Podcasts. So you that- can give us those nice five stars. On Apple Podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. We thank you all for listening. Share. Share with your friends and family. Share on Twitter and Facebook and Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get your Zoom call. There you go. If you're in a Zoom call, just start playing one of the podcasts. When they tell you to turn it off, just tell them, I won't turn it off until you subscribe to them. And then send them the link in the Zoom chat. I swear. I thought you said, I won't. I won't, I won't turn it off. D's nuts. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to be it. All the links are going to be in the doobly-doo. <laughs>